Welcome back to Therapy Insiders from Updoc Media. Thanks for tuning in. All right, we're going to continue our theme so far. This season has been fitness, exercise, integration with physical therapy. We've had some really great discussions thus far. We've had a lot of positive feedback from listeners, engagement on Twitter. Got a lot of emails, so thank you for that. Obviously, this is resonating with a lot of you. It's an important topic. It's something that we should be doing. It's it's something that we know works on different levels. And that's why I'm really excited for this episode. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. Our guest is Dr. John Russin. And John's obviously a friend of UpDoc Media. Had a podcast with us that did really well. A lot of you still are asking about it. And John just puts out really quality, integrative content. He integrates strength and conditioning. He integrates physical therapy. But it's all grounded in science. And, and he, he doesn't, there's no BS. He doesn't fluff. He comes at you with very concrete, evidence-based, real-world, applicable exercises and protocols and, and systems. And he's got it all, and he shows you. He doesn't just talk about it. He lives it. And in this podcast, he really, he really I think that comes across very clearly. We answer a lot of your questions I think you're really going to love this episode with Dr. John Russin. So let's jump into it. Enjoy. Here's Therapy Insiders. Hello, welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Dr. Gene Shirakabrad here with Dr. Joe Palmer. No, Urson, because Joe, he is on a little birthday hiatus. He's taking a little break. Um, I'd like to give him a hard time, but he's probably going to forget anyway because he's so old. Didn't I uh, podcast on my birthday last year or something like that? Uh, I'm pretty sure you <laughs> stepped up and actually clocked in on your birthday. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's, that's a little weak, but uh, you know. He, he's earned that right, the elder member here. That's right. Um, we wish him a happy birthday. Hope uh, is, it, is it actually today, or is he taking the whole week? Um, it was yesterday, I believe. Okay. He, yeah, he's going like on a family vacation somewhere to get new dentures. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> wish him, wish him, wish him a happy birthday and uh, all, all the soft chewables that he can eat with his with his family, his kids. Um, he definitely deserves it. He's a hardworking man. Very much so. Happy birthday, Urs. Happy birthday. How about you? You've been you've been working pretty hard as well. Got stuff chugging along in the clinic. What's the latest and greatest? Working with this company called UpDoc Media. They're uh, getting our getting our brand out there. Oh man, that's it's, uh, it's rough. That is that is a rough group. I've heard. <laughs> They, uh, they're a challenging bunch. Um, yeah, so yeah, we did start working, getting your clinic, the uh, the social media stuff going, the sharing stuff. Um, how's it been so far? Have you seen any any positive changes or just pretty much your staff freaking out about making content? Yeah, there's there's definitely uh, that learning curve. You, you, people getting outside of their, uh, their box, um, pushing themselves. And uh, we've we've had some people um, step up, and and we have some people that are still contemplating. But uh, I think that I've noticed uh, a, a lot more um, patient 
uh, interaction and involvement and uh, comment uh, in 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 the clinic and and on on social media. Uh, just so I, I think that there there has been an increased awareness, um, and and so we'll I'll uh, report back when when I have uh, realistic uh, statistics to to demonstrate uh, how 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 well we're doing. And it's all it's not all, but it it's it's vastly data driven part of it the back end stuff we track it but the emotional piece of it that the engagement like you're talking about the awareness like you can see that people people looking at the content and it's not it's not just putting out random cookie cutter um, images or sharing uh, recipes or things like that that people feel like they just need to spam but like stuff that we've shared is, is stuff that you put out that you generally would tell other patients or your family members or somebody that that's just like it, it's a cool story to share and some of the stuff that you've shared and some of your um staff have shared it's just you'd want to listen to that anyway yeah it's you know it's not um something that is uh i think for everybody but i, I also think that it it is something that you can learn um and uh, we're we're talking with somebody who does a, a, a really good job at that tonight, um, who, who, and I'd be interested to ask him some questions about when he was getting started. But, uh, you know, the, the, the idea is that um, you, you do have to commit to putting yourself out there. Um, and, and I think that uh, when you do that, um, you allow for a, a deeper, deeper connection with, with your audience. Absolutely. And since, since Erson's not here, I guess I'll do the honors of introducing your guest. And like you said, um, our guest today, Dr. John Russin, or as, as some of his uh, contemporaries like to call him, Dr. John Rusin, um, <laughs> that John, you, you've, um, first of all, welcome back to the show, man. It's great to have you. Dude, it's amazing. I think it was like almost two years ago that we uh, we first got on Therapy Insiders podcast with both you guys. So it's it's been a wild ride since, but I'm glad to be back. Welcome, and we've we've done a lot together since then, and kind of got to know each other and work together. And obviously, our, our relationship is vastly different than before. But like like Joe said in the beginning, understanding your community and the people that you you generally want to improve their knowledge base and their engagement and, and just their professional and personal lives through either content or entertainment or anything that is relevant to them is, is a skill that takes time and consistency. What's it been like for you and what, what have you learned as not only as a physio and a strength coach, but as a content creator? Oh man, what haven't we learned? Because it has been quite a three-year period since I actually started producing content. Um, you know, three years ago, nobody knew my name except for the athletes and the clients that worked with me in person. And it was like a flip of a switch in a matter of one article that went viral on a big site. Um, it really just provided the opportunity to go and start producing content, start doing it on a regular and a consistent basis, and really just having it drive some serious interest from not only the fitness industry, but the physical therapy community as well. But 
you know, with anything that you put out there, um, it's always testing the waters. If everyone knew what everyone wanted to hear at every single given moment, then we'd all be internet stars at this point. But it's really hard to get a pulse on your audience because, you know, people have different needs. They have different focuses on what they want. And for most part, when you go on social media, people are looking to be infotained. So not just providing information, but actually being a likable guy that's entertaining as well. Or the opposite of that is being an incredibly unlikable guy that's entertaining. Or <laughs> That might actually work better. Yeah. <laughs> John, let, let, let me apologize for both of us. I didn't realize it had been two years since we had you on last. That's that's a that's an error on our part. Uh, <laughs> well, we, well, we, that we, is not an error on our part, Joe, because John had the Strength Doc podcast with UpDoc, so I heard his voice every single week for at least a year straight. So no, 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 no. I, I've heard plenty of John at this point. Well, I'm saying have a, a conversation on Therapy Insiders. We okay, we we, yes. we, we should have got him back on sooner than that. That's true. Uh, that is true. But that's a valid um, apology. So, John, when you started uh, creating content, um, did you did you have uh, fears or preconceived notions about uh, about what to what to put up, what not to put up? I don't think fear is the right word to say, but there was definitely some hesitation uh, putting out that first piece because when you sit around like most physios, most strength coaches do, and we take education uh, in our leisure time, we're reading, we're uh, reading the papers, the research, and we're actually trying to learn above and beyond what academics actually took us through. I think that trying to compare what you are doing with what you're currently reading, that's what holds most people back because because um, really there's a lot of gold standard information out there in our industry. But everyone has to start somewhere and you can't expect to be the be all end all of fitness or therapy writing right off the bat. You know, everyone has to start somewhere. So I remember, uh, you know, the night before my, my first big article went out, like I was nervous. I barely slept that night. And, you know, it still kind of uh, gets me juiced up every single time I see uh, my name on a byline or every single time that we produce uh, an article over on my site. But it's something that comes with time. It's just like being a physio or being a coach. The more people you see, the more evaluations you complete, the more squats that you actually assess, the better that you're going to get and your expertise is going to grow. So just getting in and starting to provide value, even if it's not the cleanest of products right at the beginning, you know, that's a good start to have for most people. Probably not the best analogy to use juiced up, but I guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess it works. Um, <laughs> So as you um, as you get more experience um, in this, do, do you do you even like the term hybrid? That that's kind of evolved a hybrid physio, fitness coach. I don't like the term hybrid. Um, I was told two years ago from a mentor of mine that hybrid kind of constitutes that you're shitty at two things right. instead of really world class at one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's like a pocket knife, right? You know, it's it, it does a bunch of different stuff, but it's not as good as just like a good knife. Um, so I don't personally love the term hybrid, but it's something that uh, 
it resonates with people so they can they can understand they can conceptualize what you're trying to get at with the hybrid physical therapist strength coach you know you do two things you mesh the two together and you uh, make a unique offering for your athletes and clients but um, I think that term has become more popular and I think people are using it that aren't actually doing the hybrid uh, performance model, which is the one that we run. So I think there's a lot to say that you're a hybrid coach just because you have some uh, coaching credentials at the back of your name doesn't necessarily mean that you are, quote unquote, bridging the gap. That's another really shitty term that I hate uh, between performance and physical therapy. So it's all relative. Right. Because it's not really a gap. It's 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 too it's too uniform practices uh, i mean it's a physical therapist obviously is a licensed clinical based practice that's that's held to certain standards strength and conditioning fitness personal training it's an entirely different standard not to say that it's it's lesser it's just a different standard and i think there there is there is interaction and obviously there's elements that kind of go between the two and as, as far as i know correct me if i'm wrong here Anything that a strength and conditioning coach, personal trainer, fitness trainer can do, a physical therapist can do. Vice versa, not everything that a physical therapist does, the other professions can do. That's a really good point, and that's based on theory. So theoretically, like hell yeah, a licensed physical therapist can do anything and everything that a non-licensed coach or personal trainer can do. But where we run into some difficulties is that the licensed physical therapist has different variables in play when they see a patient or when they see a client. Uh, you know, they have their hands tied behind their back with the uh, reimbursement systems. You have uh, to use so much of your time in uh, evaluation and diagnostics to get, you know, coding so you can get reimbursed. So a lot of it is money driven. And on the opposite side of things, there's really more true autonomy in strength and conditioning or in personal training, even though those professionals don't have the ability to manipulate soft tissue. They don't have the ability to diagnose or, you know, get reimbursed for their services in, in most states. So, um, you know, there is, um, there is some opportunity to actually overlap with both of these professions, but there are limiting factors on both as well. Definitely. And the point of that wasn't meant to demean the strength and conditioning coaches. I think the, the point is to to assess what the the physical therapist field sometimes has a sense that what we can do is not necessarily what we should be doing. And I, I think that there there's this entire... Um, field of strength and conditioning that we can learn a ton from and it doesn't become a hybrid coach it just becomes a well-defined and quality practitioner of a specific type of patient a specific type of subset of people and eventually pretty much everybody because I think the principles that strength and conditioning teaches should be integrated into physical therapy and I think we, we've shown on since we started this year's season of therapy insiders and the fitness professionals that we've had on that are most are either DC or PT at this point that we've had on, but they've made a strong case that everybody should be integrating and learning from strength and conditioning coaches in their physical therapy practice. 
Well, at the very least, you have to know what is going on on the other side of the equation if you're co-managing uh, your patients and your clients with another allied fitness or healthcare professional. So you have to know the language, you have to have the ability to, com to communicate and have an appreciation for what's happening you know, in training or in uh, strength and conditioning just so your, uh, your results can be better inside the clinic. So even if you're not running the quote-unquote hybrid model, you do have to appreciate what is out there and you have to be able to get along with other synergied people that are on the same team with the same goals of actually producing results for clients and patients. So I think, I think that's something that uh, many people put up their guard, many therapists put up their guard saying that, oh, well, I don't see an athletic performance population. I don't see athletes. Uh, you know, I only see blah, 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 instead of you know, this very niched off circle where strength and conditioning comes in. But I think most people are in dire need of just an enhancement of their physical fitness. And that's something that can get us better results as practitioners as well. So having the ability to get into a network locally and find the people that you know, like, and trust to refer in and out to, um, that can really help your business model, it can help your patient outcomes, and it can it can help everyone involved with the with the care and the continuum of care with these clients. Yeah, I mean, Joe, I think one thing that uh, I'm glad John said is the appreciation and and appreciation and awareness of the professionals around you. And what I what I've seen is the highest quality, the highest level clinician and practitioners coaches, whatever it is, get genuinely excited being around other fields and learning from them and vice versa. When, when I see physical therapists just absolutely light up learning from strength and conditioning coaches and strength and conditioning coaches just get just almost giddy working with physical therapists and learning some techniques that they can integrate. Maybe they, maybe even if they can do a manipulation, but they're so excited to know that it exists, that they can refer their clients to the, to these, um, clinicians, they're just genuinely excited because they know the end result will be the same. Their clients and their customers will benefit. It might not be directly from them, though, but they will benefit. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great point. Um, if, if we all put the client, uh, the patient first, um, then, then I think there's less uh, of that referral fear that you know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna what are you gonna lose you're gonna lose that that client um I, I i don't think that that's a that's a real fear um and i think that's why gene you say that that the the leaders um in in each profession um they, they don't have that fear right they're 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 going, um and they're gonna do the best the best job that they can and, and when when they know they need to to get somebody else on board they're going to bring somebody else on board so that uh their client can have the best possible outcome and i i do i um i'm signed up for the uh uh there's a conference uh idea conference uh, for fitness professionals on the on the east coast i'm i'm going to that uh later this month and um I, I I tried like I said I've said this before I, I try to go to some kind of um, personal training coaching so, some kind of fitness conference uh, at least once a year uh, because I think it's important I think I think it is absolutely uh, great to learn um, from 
from those fitness professionals uh, as to how how we can improve um, our exercise, our dosage, uh, th- things things that they they do uh, very well, and and so um, you know I, I think that we as a pro- as a physical therapy profession um, may need to to just just get better get over the fear of of um of the fact that the fitness professionals are are out there uh and and working with working with our clients and we just we we have to we have to learn from them and then incorporate that into into our practice hey good for you not only did you say it but you're actually doing it that's that's <laughs> that's excellent yeah well done you got you got to Gotta, gotta try to do what you say. <laughs> true, very true, and actually do it. So that's uh, you know, you walk the walk. I believe the kids call it. All right, walking the walk. Now that's real cool. I look forward to hearing um, how that goes, and you'll be you'll be live tweeting while you're there, right? And Facebook Live and all that stuff. Yeah, as soon as I figure out how to do that, <laughs> <laughs> you log in and you push a button, and you're and you're good to go. <laughs> Um, so sp- speaking of, let, let's come back. Uh, we'll come back to this topic. I think it's an, an important one. We got a, a shitload of questions on Facebook for you, John, that, that kind of go in and out of some of these topics. But let's go back to Facebook Live for um, for a minute and, and just video specifically. I've been wanting to ask you this because I watch your, your Instagram videos all the time because they just pop up every single day. How many awkward looks do you get at the gym when you're recording these because one of my favorite things to do in your videos now is to look in the background and to look at awkward people <laughs> doing awkward things that's like become one of my favorite things on instagram dude it saddens me because uh, i'll see like a video trending and i'll be like oh man like people really resonated with uh the way i explain like the physiology of this move and then i'll be like no fuck no they're not you know there's just some guy with a hugely rounded back in the background just about <laughs> to literally bulge discs and i, I really just get discouraged but uh, we uh so we have a gym up here in madison um and we work out of that when i'm in town uh, you know we do the con- consultation model and the performance model but uh my wife and i work out like a couple days a week at a big commercial gym it is a gold's gym in madison wisconsin and i actually like it over there because we have a good relationship uh with the personal training staff who is actually really really great uh you know in an industry that really struggles in some of the big box gyms this staff's really good but you know we talk to them we consult with a lot of these trainers and we're training alongside of them but we don't get awkward looks on the video because we're the ones in there doing things correctly. We're not doing anything crazy. We're just executing the foundations and we're going about it in a very, very uh, discreet manner. But, you know, when Lindsay's deadlifting 300 pounds, uh, you know, we definitely get some looks like, oh my God, that little girl is killing it right now. But it's um, the reason that we do the Instagram like that is because I hate the idea of theoretical 
corrective exercise or strength and conditioning. What I mean by that is literally like being like, hmm, I've never seen this done before, but I'm going to shoot a video of this theoretical exercise that should work, but I've actually never used it on myself and I've never seen results with myself. And I damn well have never used it on a person and actually seen results with them. And I've really never used it for a long enough period of time to actually see if these results are, are warranted. So there's a huge influx of that in our industry. We're going to make shit up, we're going to try to get clicks, and we're just going to try to reinvent the wheel, and we're going to forget about all foundations of exercise science and physiology. Like, it just doesn't work that way. And we try to put out videos only that are literally hard working sets of us with actual sweat on our face. It's my programming, the programming that we actually use and get results with. That's what I want to bring forth on social media. That's what I want to write about. That's what I want to speak about in my seminars, because that's the stuff that actually works and produces results. Theory is great. Theory will get you to ask the right questions and it will spark the right ideas, but a lot of stuff has to come after the theory. Uh, we have to battle test this stuff. We have to actually go through and see if it's, uh, it's warranted with the research, and we have to actually produce results with it. So. You know, in terms of like the social media guru now, uh, it's a fine line between just being a bullshit artist and just actually showing the methods that gave you uh, whatever result it is, whatever you're talking about. Well, like you said, it's infotainment, right? It's, and we've talked about this many a times, and my, my whole thing is always entertain first because that, that lowers the barrier of resistance for people because they'll actually watch and engage, and then you support that entertainment with sustenance. So it's it's both. It's it's not either or. I think when it's either or, then it becomes it becomes a shallow, kind of uh, sugary thing that is that's just it's there then it's gone. It it it, it quelches people's boredom and for for longevity you need you need consistency but you also need sustenance. You can't just be superficial or one or the other. Is you got to have both, and not a lot of people have that. Like you said, you got You got to have that solid combination. Do you, know, do you know the guys I love to follow on Instagram are the guys that are actually training. They're squatting multiple days a week, and I can watch them squat. They're pressing multiple days a week. I can see them. They're carrying heavy shit around the gym. And it's not like this fancy stuff. Every once in a while, you'll see something like cool or novel, and you'll be like, oh, wow, I know that this is great, and I know that it's actually producing results because I've seen him do all the other foundations that make up a well-thought-out program. So I, I like looking at the experts of experts and um, not necessarily you know, having my eye drawn to something that I've never seen before. Because like I said, that that is a huge way right now that people are trying to use social media in the fitness and the physio industry. Because really, you know, we have a lot of smart people out there. And with the theoretical pseudoscience, you know, anything is possible. And when you go onto your social media feed, you know, if you're just going through, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night, you're just going through the feed. Like what catches your eye? It's always the crazy shit. So there's always a fine line between the crazy shit that actually like catches people's eye and actually producing valuable content that might not get all the hits, it might not get all the attention, but the compound effect of putting out a valuable content day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, that's what's gonna actually build out your expertise and your niche in the industry. So, you know, just for people that are putting out stuff on social media, keep that in mind. 
I think an untrained eye is more interested in novel and and unique and and bad. Like I think any any untrained eye can spot improper technique. I think the the trained eye is much more much more intrigued by quality and whether it's like you said whether it's you know scrolling through a timeline and saying oh wow you'll probably stop for somebody doing a great squat versus stopping for somebody doing a shitty squat because shitty squats it's just we're, we're so we're so used to seeing bad but when your eye is really trained when you're at a high quality level you're attracted to high quality and that that's a good way i think to discern where you really are it's what are you looking for in terms of what you want to critique and what interests you because when you get to a certain level you want to see others that are at a high level because you want to you want to take as much from that as possible because you're only going to get even when you take courses anything else you're going to get five, 10%, maybe, maybe 10% at most of something new that you can take. And you're going to get it from those people, not the ones that are doing crazy shit. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, I've made a living on just executing movement with the utmost detail and focus, you know, trying to literally customize movements for people that are perfect fits. And that doesn't sound sexy because it's not sexy, but it's effective. And the compound effect of people using these types of movement patterns and these smart pain-free training methodologies, that's what actually produces results. And then, you know, 12 months later, when somebody revolutionized the way that their shoulders feel bench pressing, and I get a message, that's what makes my day. Because we get those messages every single day, like, man, oh, that banded shoulder and back superset that you just put on. You know, I saw you do that a year and a half ago, and I've been doing that three days a week, and now I can bench press again without pain. But it wasn't like something that was the quick fix that everyone is expecting, or I should say like the general fitness consumer, the general therapy consumer is expecting. It's about doing things a little bit smarter, putting your body in a position for long-term success, and then getting the compound of all of the time that you're spending focusing in on improving your movement capacity to a point where you can actually see notable, sustainable benefit from it. Which is not too far off from a quality physical therapy approach, right, Joe? That's true. I mean, he, he, most people are looking for that quick fix, but, uh, you know, really uh, our job as therapists is to bring them along and, and um, show them show them the way uh, and, and give them realistic expectations. And I think that once you, you have gotten them to to that point where they're they're bought in and and they um come come along on that journey with you that's that's that is the real um i mean that's that's what makes me love what i do i mean that and and i think that's what i'm hearing john you're you're saying that you know when, when you get those those comments that that somebody has taken a, just a piece of what you've put out there and and taken it and done it and and gotten results i mean that's that's why you you use uh facebook and other mediums to to get your stuff out to people that you've never even met no it's true like so if somebody comes to see me and works with me in person like i expect that we get you world-class results and we actually do it in an expedited manner but you know putting stuff out on the internet 
It's uh, it's a medium that's very interesting because you can put out a video and then you can write some theory behind it in the text, or you could even write a full article, three thousand words on a on a method, but it's up to that person on their own to go out and execute it. So I'm surprised every single time that I hear one of these success stories just via people online using our content because it's hard to jump through multiple hoops. We know how hard it is to get results for people in person. Like, think about how hard it is to get result from an Instagram post or an article online. You know, there's just so much more that has to happen. But when it comes down to it, the people that are really seeking out this information and they're using their bodies uh, to experiment with really when uh, they're looking for either performance enhancement or getting out of the pain. You know, those are the people that are going to go above and beyond and really are going to be your raving fans and your your best advocates of what you're putting forth and, you know, what your expertise and skill set is. What do I need to do to look as jacked as him? Asked Sam Spinelli. <laughs> uh, this is a good question because him, I... Him being you. Yeah. I, 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 oh, we're not talking about Eugene? Not right now. We'll talk about it later. Uh, have two kids and uh, start a couple businesses. <laughs> and work out all the time. No, no. Well, it comes down to consistency. Uh, I was in Seattle this weekend uh, consulting with a performance center out there. And I was having a conversation with their owner, who's a world-class guy, Luca Hosevar. And him and I were in pretty good shape. We're business owner owners, multiple business owners, and we were just having a, a very authentic conversation at dinner. That's like, yeah, exactly. Well, well, he doesn't have kids. I do have kids, so I might have a little bit more of an excuse for the dad bod. But <laughs> you know, the conversation it came to consistency. I can't remember the last time that you know I had a training session scheduled and I didn't do it. But consistency, it. You can get so much out of it, even if it's not the best session, even if it's not something that excites you or gets you motivated. Getting in, getting your workout, and getting out day after day is key. And really just having something that's helped me is that I plan all my stuff a month in advance. So we we write our own training. I train along with my wife uh, every single day that I'm in town here in Madison, and we literally just go together and we execute these workouts for 70 to 90 minutes and then we come home and continue to work. So it's just part of our daily life. It's part of our habits and I depend on it for uh, trying to optimize my performance, whether we're out speaking, working with athletes here in Madison or, you know, I'm just with my kids. So it's a it's a, life to, a lifestyle factor that I'm just dependent on. So I think when you do see the benefits of physical activity, you do see the ben- benefits above of that of actual training, you know, with a, a result in mind, I think it's something that uh, once you see the actual benefit to your life, it's going to be a non-negotiable factor scheduling into your lifestyle. How much? How many variables do you change, such as not only just programming but food? Like, how much leeway do you give yourself? Are you pretty precise with your macros and micros? Are you counting calories? Are you doing all that stuff? Uh, I don't count any calories. I don't count macros. What I do do is I try to fall into my habits. So every morning I'll have the same breakfast that I know I can count on before we train. I have this. uh, (laughs) So I have have cream of rice 
and then I have peanut butter and protein powder mixed into it. So my mother-in-law likes to say that's uh, the Russ and gruel. <laughs> so that's what I have in the morning every single morning because I know exactly what's in it. I know it makes me feel awesome, and I actually uh, can perform my training to the top level that I need to be doing uh, with eating that. So. I have the same exact uh, workout routine. So we go through and we have 70 to 90 minutes. I'm drinking the same stuff. I'm having the same hydration levels. After that, I'm having the same protein shake after. And then uh, lunch, snack, and dinner, you know, it'll be kind of the same thing. We'll know the portion sizes. We'll know what I need to get in 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 terms of like vegetables, in terms of, uh, you know, a protein source. But, you know, one of those three meals may just be like a kid meal. You know, we have kids, so we have we have pizza and we go out to Chick-fil-A and all that stuff. And it's not that big a deal because doesn't? like what kind of inhuman does not go to Chick-fil-A? Seriously, it just came to Madison. So it, like literally last year, it was like the biggest thing in Madison because we're like 10, 15 years behind here, I guess. But <laughs> I, I swear to you, like you could not get within like a mile of this place. People are just smashing it down. But That's I was really sad to know that they're not open on Sunday. So yeah. last year I went there on a Sunday all happy thinking I was getting my chicken sandwich. Nope. Nope. Didn't happen. It's the same here. We've had Chick-fil-A for God knows how long, Joe. Like, I don't <laughs> think I've ever rolled up to a Chick-fil-A. It hasn't been absolutely like rolled around the parking lot for uh, for the drive-thru. Never <laughs> Packed. Packed. Forget physical oh, therapy. Oh, Let's just open up Chick-fil-A franchises. You want to rake some serious money. <laughs> there you go. Jesus. Um, yeah. So what, what were we talking about? Something about you eating something? Well, yeah, it was just uh, the how to get jacked diet, I guess. Oh, that's right, right. How to continue. (laughs) But, I mean, you you look at training, you can look at uh, a diet and your nutrition, or you can even look at, like, the rehabilitation process, but nothing has to be perfect. You know, we're not in this all-or-none game where, you know, if we mess up one meal or we miss our exercises one day in the rehab process, like everything is just gone to shit and you might as well give up. It's about taking uh, a couple steps forward. And if you take a step back, like so be it because you know the next day you're going to take another step forward. And it's it's the idea of trying to smash the, the you know, when you think about like uh, progression as being linear. Progression is very uh, non-linear. So you have ebbs and flows where you have really great amount of success, and then you have challenges. And that will go up and down no matter what you're doing in life. But just making sure that you know you just keep on doing more good stuff than you're uh, doing counterproductive stuff, you're going to be okay when it comes to your diet. You're going to be okay when it comes to training. And really, you're going to be okay when it comes to getting out of pain too. Sound like you're talking about life, man. Not just training. That's just like a life philosophy there. That is life philosophy, but uh, we try to take the same the same goal set on every single thing that we do, trying to really focus on what what what's the goal. And if it's getting somebody out of pain, cool, we're gonna do it. We're gonna give them some tools to try to be sustainable. And like Joe was saying, we're gonna be realistic with the process. You know, the fitness industry, uh, you know, it's made on thirty day, six week quick fixes that really just blow people out and leave them worse off than before. And, you know, sometimes uh, the physical therapy and the rehabilitation industries do that same thing to people. We promise things within one to two sessions and the people don't get that uh, that promised result and then they flutter out and end up worse than ever. So it's about uh, just being consistent with your, 
methods consistent with your own body and consistent with your communication with whoever you're working with if you are a fitness or healthcare professional. Can't argue with that. Consistency. That's whenever I, uh, that that's transferable to pretty much I think anything especially especially in the world of of training. I definitely in, in social media like people ask me all the time is what's what what's the secret? How do you how do you do this? How do you do that? It's like it's like it's, it's not about secret, it's about persistence. It's about being consistent every single day and uh, putting something out and just no matter what and if you haven't read grit yet it's a great book by uh, angela duckworth i mean it's 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 grit it's it's being persistent with passion and uh that's that's how you get through anything ebbs flows all that stuff it doesn't matter like you'll have challenges that's inevitable but um regardless of that you keep going well i just think consistency is such a big point because if you find habits that work for you and you're consistent with them you're going to be working so hard in the day-to-day that you're not even going to realize, but in six months to a year, you're going to look up and be like, whoa, look at what I built, or look at these uh, goals that I achieved that I didn't even realize that I was going after. And it's just something that is just so powerful. But the problem is most people quit before they can see uh, the positive effect from all the work that they put in. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency helps with perseverance because the more you do it, the, the, the more consistency there is in anything that you do, that when you do uh, come across these obstacles, these challenges, these uh, these ebbs, whatever whatever word you want to use, it helps to persevere. It helps to push through it because you have this this uh, this established track record that you can look back on and say, look, I've been doing it this long. This is what's worked, and this has happened, and you rationalize it, and it helps you push through that. And if you don't have that consistency, if you're all over the place, you don't have that support mentally to to fall back on. No, I agree. Got to have it. Um, All right, Joe, you want to you want to list off a question here? What looks interesting to you? Oh, my goodness. Put me on the spot. Right on there. Trying to click through to the Facebook page real quick. Yeah. Trying to pull it off. All right. Let me ask a question while you while you look look it up. Um, so, so Sam asked um, about how do you look to get jacked. He asked the follow-up question, which was his real question. Uh, where, where do you delineate training for rehab and training for being jacked, which is kind of comes back to some of the hybrid stuff that we talked about before? That's a good question because I think that many, many, many people walking through the therapy doors or walking through the doors of a gym, they have goals of muscular strength and hypertrophy but they just don't know it yet. So I'd say that the two are truly one and the same because the stronger that we can get an individual, uh, the more muscle mass that we can actually put on an individual, the more chance there is to actually prevent injuries and put them into a position where they can have a sustainable, impactful you know, ability to actually take their fitness, take their lifestyle, take their systemic health into their own hands. So I say this all the time, but people want to train, you know, with a result in mind, not just work out. They just don't know it yet. And it's our jobs to open up their minds to the possibilities of what can actually happen with that. Have you, have you found a question yet, Joe? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Go for it. All right. 
Uh, <laughs> Nate Nate Neff wants to know uh, what um, in term in terms of a path uh, to becoming a a fitness focused uh, physio. Um, what what things do you recommend, and uh, is there anything that you would have done differently? Ah, uh, so I always recommend this. I think we may have had this exact same conversation nearly two years ago on Therapy Insiders, but my, my answer didn't change because I believe that if you want to be a fitness-focused physical therapist, you got to master fitness first. So go coach some people. You know, you know you're not better than... Uh, volunteering your time in the college weight room or going in and actually observing some personal trainers or some strength coaches work or hey you want to make some money you're in doctorate of physical therapy education for a reason you're a very smart person if you can get through that curriculum like go use some of the stuff that you're using right away and use it in the gym pick up some personal training clients because the more movement that you can see the better off you're going to be as a clinician the better off you're going to be as a trainer and you're going to get an idea of how to really put those two things together to have a unique offering for your clientele when you do get licensed. So you're saying do it. I'm saying just do it. Everyone's busy. I know everyone has 20 uh, hours uh, you know, a semester in school. But guess what? You know, I volunteered how many hours a week uh, before I ever went to college. When I got into college, I trained people. After college, into graduate school, you know, I picked up a job where I was coaching athletes. So I had no time, just like everyone else didn't. But it's it's how bad you want it. And if you want to literally go and s swim up the stream, which is the the fitness centered physio, that's literally what you're doing. Uh, you know, just calling it what it is. There's uh, you know, there's there's the physical therapy, the accepted system, the traditional system, and then if you want to go be this hybrid coach, you're going to be that one percenter that everyone's going to take an easier route. Which there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to try to do something that's against the grain, you better get used to it right away. So you better start grinding it out, coaching some athletes, and just trying to increase your knowledge base in two things at once which which is very hard to do and that that's that's a, a great point john because that that's multifaceted one now is easier than ever to get this volunteering stuff with crossfit boxes all over the place with with a, a bigger emphasis on health i think more than i can remember in a long time just just people are talking about it and are willing to at least look at it that having somebody that that's willing to if you say volunteer and doctorate and physical therapy most places will take you and and have you work with people but on, on the flip side like we talk about awareness for physical therapy and letting people know what the hell we do having boots on the ground like that having students that their biggest superpower is their passion for a profession they haven't even started yet but what they think it should be what they can make it be and have them on the ground and actually working with people and telling them what they're working for and why they want to be physical therapists like that kind of passion is absolutely contagious and if they can spread that to mass populace then then that's awareness for a physical therapy profession 
It was interesting. So we went through and we looked at like, who are the people that we're working with? Uh, who are the people that are coming to our seminars? Who are the people that are buying our products? And it's kind of split right down the middle between two big populist groups. Uh, the first one is like the master's coach, the person that literally has beat their body to shit and they need new methods in order to train and actually see results from the time that they're putting into their training. The second one, kind of like you're saying, is the young up-and-coming strength coach, the up-and-coming physio, or the students that are still in undergrad or, or in uh, graduate level education. Uh, and we have, you know, DC students and we have DPT students. And I'm really intrigued by, you know, having this following. And I should say that I'm not only intrigued, but I'm lucky to have a following like this because you guys are the future of our profession. You guys that are in school right now, you're the ones that are going to push this forward for the next 30 years. So trying to make a change right away, you know, hopping into a gym and really just representing, I need, even though that there's not a brand of physical therapy, but you know, fuck it, you are representing the brand of physical therapy in a different way. And you are literally going out there and you're redefining what people think they know about our profession. And if you can do that and you can ingrain yourself in a culture of physicality, like a CrossFit, like a performance center, like a college weight room, you know, it's something that is going to open up the minds of people in that center little by little to the point where you not only set yourself up for success if you want to be a hybrid coach, but you try to just move our whole profession forward in redefining what we're able to do. So it's a powerful thing you guys have in, as students. I'm holding my microphone right now. I was tempted just to drop it as a mic drop and just end the episode <laughs> on that. So boom, yeah. mic drop. Uh, yeah, t totally agree. Uh, it's, it's well said. And like I said, I, I, I'm very much in that same mindset as well that this is, uh, this is a, a message that needs to be widespread. And I, I, Joe, you've alluded to this as well, kind of getting into the community and you've talked about it and, and, and looking beyond just staying in our niche and, what we're good at and what we're comfortable with and really going to where people are and telling them what we can do. Yeah. I mean, John said it earlier <laughs> who, who wouldn't benefit from improving their fitness? What patient do, do you, do you see that, that you, you can't say, Hey, you know, there are some things that you could probably do better, uh, from, from a fitness standpoint. <laughs> hey. There's 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 nobody out there. Hey, hey you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah you. You want a six pack? <laughs> Say no. You know, these these are tough conversations to have though. Like if you've ever had a conversation in your physio office about somebody's weight or somebody's fitness level or their capacities, it is a very very tough conversation to have and we like to try to tiptoe around it many times we like to try to fix things with manual therapy and corrective exercise or even strength training but I'm a big believer that you know we are in a profession where we need to be preaching the holistic model so we have to have conversations about fitness we have to have conversations about health health and uh, lifestyle factors and we literally need to be trying to lead these patients of ours in the right direction no matter what that direction is it needs to be moving forward you know 
I obviously am a strength and conditioning guy, but I do not preach it on every single one of our people that come in. As long as you have a physical practice that is one, sustainable, and two, actually produces results, you know, that's fine for me. So finding that for your, your patients and your clients and leading their path, that's one of the best things that you can do because it's not only about getting them feeling better, getting them out of pain and getting their asses out of your office. It's about giving them the tools to be sustainable for a lifetime. So they're going to be your best raving fan out there in the community. Tiptoeing, I think that's being kind. I think most people fully divert that conversation because somebody starts talking about their weight or aesthetics, how they look, I mean, usually, usually that's a conversation that most PTs will go like, well, that, that's, that's not really what's going to drive the outcome that I'm treating, that I'm billing for, that, that we're really working on. And, you know, we kind of have this time that we have to work on and have to be effective and efficient. And, and before everyone starts getting pitchforks out, I know it's not everybody. And then if you have conversations with patients about all these issues, Fantastic. Then you're probably following that biopsychosocial approach, and you're actually listening to the to the person because usually, usually that has a deeper meaning when the person starts talking to you about something like that, and that that is not something you divert from or just kind of laugh off like ha ha, and then you just kind of change the subject to something else. Like you you have to dig deep into that because that's grounded usually in something pretty deep for most people. You know what I think it is, Gene. I think it's it's easier to tiptoe around it than than it is to to really start digging. And sometimes sometimes when you when you start digging, um, you know you don't you don't like what you find at the end. <laughs> no, absolutely. You're um, absolutely it, right. And and the it it does take more time. You know, not only do you do, when you start uh, asking those questions. Not only um, do you have to try to give them information, you have to try to assess where they are on their willingness to change, um, and 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 try to figure out whether whether this is something that they're just talking, they're they're just talking uh, the talk, or, or are they ready to? to try to make some lifestyle changes because when you talk about changing habits and changing changing your your the way um that that you live uh that is a much harder thing um for for the therapist to do in the two hours a week that they spend spend with that patient physical therapy is not an easy profession and we have to be a lot of things every single day, physical and therapy. We have to be psychologists, we have to be social workers, we have to be personal trainers, we have to be clinicians, we have to be doctors, and we have to be all that sometimes in the span of five minutes with a person. Like Nobody ever said this profession was easy, and that's one of the reasons we justified as a doctor, and that's one of the reasons physical therapy as a profession spends more time with patients than probably any other medical level profession aside from maybe occupational therapist or clinical psychologist. Like we spend a shitload of time with patients and for that, you know, it, it's we have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, with the uncomfortable conversations, because it's not about us. Ultimately, it's about what the person in front of us needs. And sometimes that is a very hard conversation. 
actually most. Do you stuff, know what like makes it easier? What makes it easier Vodka. is. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. If you if, if you're the weekends, <laughs> if, if you look like you, John, is that is that what you were about to say? I'm not. I'm not. You know that, that may make it a little bit easier. Off, it makes yeah. it easier. <laughs> you know, honestly, that actually uh, deters people uh, from working with us that are in pain uh, on that our website. You know, like the the muscular, like the strength training stuff, which is very interesting and in, like a psychosocial aspect. But what I was getting to more importantly was if you actually have you know respect and you have an emotional connection with your patients which really everyone should have and that's really why we got into being in a service profession in the first place it makes finding out that patient's why so much easier because if you're having a cold conversation about losing 20 pounds you're gonna lose a client like in about two seconds if you say hey you need to lose some weight because, you know, it's killing your knees. That's not going to go over well. But really having a strong patient and client rapport and having people that trust you, that's when you can sprinkle in some of these huge lifestyle changing factors that are ultimately going to make so much more of an impact than, you know, a couple grade four mobs would ever do. So, Really, it comes down to communication, it comes down to trust, and it comes down to making an emotional connection with another human being. That many times when we come out of school after all of this academia, we forget that our profession is dependent on being human beings and being able to communicate with other human beings. Boom. I think that's a good way to end it. Um, Totally agree. Communication, consistency. And uh, having a good culture, you know, have those three C's and uh, keep chugging along. John, always a pleasure. I, I promise you we're going to get you back before two years from now. Uh, that's, that is a definite. I think after this episode, we're probably going to get a lot, of, uh, a lot of comments and emails to do it probably sooner than, uh, than two months or two weeks. So um, it, it's been awesome. Where, where can people find you? We still, there are still a bunch of questions that we didn't go over. Um, and I'm sure people want to reach out and pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, thanks again for having me on, Gene and Joe. It was uh, it was great to be on, and you guys are still going strong. You know, years later, growing this thing by leaps and bounds, and it's literally one of the best resources for physical therapists, for allied healthcare professionals in our entire industry. So you guys are doing the industry a huge service here, but. Uh, our website is our main hub, so drjohnrussin.com, R-U-S-I-N. And uh, it has all our social media over there. You can connect with us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Check out our thousand video library on YouTube. And uh, yeah, you can connect with me at any of those places. Definitely check out Instagram and, and watch John. Most importantly, watch the environment to see who you can pick out doing some <laughs> funny stuff. I'm telling you, it's just it's just very entertaining. Joe, you, you should get on that. I'm on it. Right now. Um, well, great. I've, I've, I've actually been doing squats the entire time because I have a, a, a standing desk. Actually, my standing desk is a bar. <laughs> so I, I took an old like wooden bar that, that we had in this house that we bought um, almost two years ago. And um, it's actually a really cool desk. So I've been squatting the entire time, John. It negates all the beers that you're drinking. <laughs> I've actually switched if to If it's wine. a bar, you can't be, you can't be drinking at the bar, can you, during the podcast? <laughs> I could, but I, I don't because I'm a highly trained professional. But I've, uh, I've actually switched to more. I've been, I've been 
going the wine route. I've been developing my, my wine palette over the, probably like last six mm. to eight months after the Gary V episode and <laughs> got a, got an, uh, a bottle from wine library. And, um, yeah, it, I've, I've, I've developed, I've, I actually like, I like Merlot. I like Merlots. Mm. That, that's a pinky up if I've ever seen one. <laughs> I think that's more tea, the pinky up. The the wine, you, you can, do you see that, that new uh, cup where you, it goes right into the wine bottle and you can drink straight from the bottle? <laughs> I haven't seen that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Christmas this year for Eugene, I, I get, <laughs> I, I, I'll make a note. Don't forget the wine with it. I don't need, I don't just need a cup. <laughs> both, both together. Um, Joe, any closing thoughts? I appreciate uh, you coming on with us tonight, John, and I, I think that uh, I can hear in your voice how passionate you are about about what you do, and, and I, I think that, that that's the biggest thing. I mean, really, uh, we, we, we talked about a lot of stuff tonight, but um, you're, you're passionate about the profession um, and about making real change in people's lives, and, and so, I, I mean, I think that's why... Um, that's why you excel at what you do, and uh, and I think that um, that's that goes that goes for a lot of things in in life. We we got we got kind of big on this podcast. We kind of went went out to we were giving John's diet information out, and uh, <laughs> you know, and deep, very deep, very deep tonight. So um, it was a good cast. I, I, I uh, appreciate you coming on, John. Definitely Thanks so much, Joe. I appreciate it, man. And um, you know, I appreciate the kind words, John, about the podcast. But like, the biggest, the biggest thing I think at this point that we can offer, being on since 2013, and we've said a lot of the same stuff, and we keep digging. It's it's really putting out people like Joe said, uh, with passion, like yourself, with with actual commitment, and and willingness to to dig deep to to kind of push out not just not just the good but the real and um and i I think what what we really enjoy is 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 having these conversations and and really finding people not that you you need to be found or are found but um to be a microphone and um a megaphone for for thoughts and ideas to integrate because people are starving for it and and the next generation like you talked about for the next 30 years they they're the lifeblood they they are the ones that are going to be carrying the message and um we need that we need that and society needs that and the local communities need that to stay healthy so good on you too man yeah i I agree gene i mean i think that you guys bringing on the caliber of guests that you have but also you guys being experts over there as well um you know it's something it's a form of media that this industry really needs and it's going to be a new frontier uh in the next couple years here in physical therapy and it's great to see somebody actually leading from the forefront here and uh, you're talking about yourself on that one, so. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> well done, well done, and uh, always, always fun. And definitely check out John's site. We'll put all that stuff on our podcast notes at updocmedia.com under Podcast Therapy Insiders. As always, thanks for listening. If you uh, if you have any questions, if you want to know how many squats I did during this podcast, tweet at us. Tweet at me at Therapy Insiders at Joe DPT at Updoc Media. John, what's your Twitter handle again? It is uh, John Russin. There you go. Pretty simple. Uh, Ed, uh, J-O-H-N-R-U-S-I-N. Um, all that will be in the podcast notes as well. So tweet at us. Thanks for listening.
and hope you enjoyed that episode of Therapy Insiders Podcast with guest Dr. John Russin. I think we covered a lot in that, a lot of actionable stuff, some concept, obviously. And if you're not integrating strength and conditioning principles, I really would love to know why. What is what is stopping you? What's what's holding you back? Is it equipment? Is it philosophy? Is it knowledge base? Would love to know what it is. Like we said, tweet at us at Therapy Insiders at John Russin, Dr. John Russin at Joe DPT. Throw in UpDoc Media in there as well. Love to get this conversation going and keep pushing this forward kind of with everything that we've talked about so far. I think it's uh, it's a good time to really delve into integrating strength and conditioning even more into physical therapy. As always, love to hear your thoughts. Catch you again next week on Therapy Insiders podcast from UpDoc Media.